This is episode number 52 of The Inspiring Talk with Gautam Khetrapal. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Hey guys, I'm very excited for this one. My guest for the day is Gautam Khetrapal. Gautam is an entrepreneur in the transformational education space and the head of Tribes at one of the largest online learning platform on self-help space, Mind Valley. For past 8 years, he has been obsessed with trying latest studies and concepts in personal transformation in his own life. In essence, has made himself his own guinea pig and he calls this process life designing with his vision to create what he calls it disneyland of learning and education he also runs international summits and masterminds around the world by the name life plugin his recent tedx talk on modern education got over 7 million views on facebook and it's arguably one of the most viral talks on modern education gautam has been responsible in the past in bringing over 20 million us dollar in revenue annually to mind valley which is over 75% of the company's revenue through online product and sales on this episode gautam shares lifelong self learning and finding your tribe power of mastermind groups and deep immersions the future of modern education selling your product or services online and much more i totally enjoyed having this conversation with gautam i'm sure you will learn a lot from this episode as well so here's a quick behind the scene of this episode we had to record this interview twice because for the first time my recording software stopped midway through our interview and when i was editing this episode i realized half of the interview was not there it was the awkward place to be in believe me guys i felt so bad about this i was actually thinking whether to write to gautam and ask for re-recording the missing part or publishing half of the episode and i decided to write a same email to gautam explaining the situation and he's such a humble person he instantly agreed to do the missing part and here we bring you the full episode <laughs> you might notice a slight difference on audio after 24 minutes so that's the reason for that now before we jump in make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now and share it as your instagram story and don't forget to tag me at the rate bijay speaks and gautam at the rate gautam khetrapal now without further ado Let me welcome the one and only Gautam Khetrapal. Welcome back guys. It's an absolute pleasure in having Gautam Khetrapal here today. Gautam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much man. It's a pleasure to be here. Gautam, I have watched the documentary from Mind Valley on the Barcelona experiment about the concept of mm-hmm. Mind Valley University. that was organized back in 2017 in barcelona and again last mm-hmm. month you guys got together in estonia tallinn for the second edition of mind valley u how was the experience like to be there with like minded growth oriented people oh boy man that that thing is hands down the craziest educational experience i have ever been a part of or even heard of like i don't know if you're familiar with uh talent or like estonia's geography it's a really 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 small country and we had relocated a thousand people from about 50 different countries who are highly curated every single person has had been through a massive application and then we uh, we got together the right people together in talent for a month to go deep into personal transformation and we learned from uh, some of the most incredible teachers from all aspects of transformation from mind body career relationships uh uh creative expression to emotional health to intellectual life all of entrepreneurship business growth all of these aspects 
we went ridiculously deep into all aspects of them. And then we would, uh, every time you would just walk over in the city up after the, the workshops are over in the, in the day, you're walking back home, you would bump into Mindvalley U uh, participants. You're going for dinner with just your friends and you would just, bu- you keep bumping into people that you know are attending the same event because they have the same wristband. And it literally felt like you took over a city. It's, if, if you are a crazy educational enthusiast and if you are interested in transformation and you're crazy enough to move to a different city for like a month, definitely look up Mind Valley University. It will blow your mind. So how was this concept born? What was the idea behind Mind Valley U? Well, uh, so Vishen, who's the founder of Mind Valley, like he can explain it best, but his idea, well, it literally started. He just went on Facebook Live, said, hey guys, I want to... I want to move to Barcelona, move to different cities, spend some time there, spend about a month and, you know, I can host some masterminds, I can do some workshops. How many of you would just be interested to hang out and what is your timeline? He wanted to go there for a month and he just asked people. And then on that Facebook Live, you can look it up on Facebook still, right, two years ago, people started commenting like crazy saying, hey, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And so many people from Mind Valley community started uh, saying that hey, we are looking for an experiment like that. So, and then Vision being the crazy visionary as he is, he said, you know what, let's make that happen. And the Mind Valley events team had about three months to pull off that event. And if you've seen anything, uh, anything offline put together by, by Mind Valley, it is really, really high quality, high standards. So to put something like that for 30 days from Mind Valley standards was a humongous. So, and it was put together in three months. Wow. One of those things that you cannot expect on online community or learning that Vision has also explained in the documentary itself is the kind of bonding and relationship that we have in the live classrooms, right? So we have made best of our friends in our colleges or schools and companies like Mind Valley do offer online courses that millions of people are taking at one point in time. But the kind of bond and connection that we build in a classroom is not possible on online learning. So apart from building those connections, are there any other things that you, as an participant of Mind Valley, you has failed that you get to experience when like-minded people relocate together to a place to learn from the world-renowned teachers? Man, uh, this I, I, I gave a TEDx talk on this. And this is the whole premise behind any educational, uh, any educational institute that hasn't really changed in, since the beginning of any kind of education system, right? There is one thing is uh, one aspect of it is self-education, which is, which are the things that you, that you learn in your own time. You're recording this podcast. People are listening to this in their own time. Online courses serve the same purpose. And you go to university, they give you textbooks, a curriculum for you to go back home and study in your own time. But that's just one of the, one of the three pillars. The, the second one is the kind of people that you're learning from. You know, if, I don't know, I, I, I studied engineering, just like most Indians in the world. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, I, I went to uh, engineering university, but if you ask me, uh, did I learn more from my teachers or my classmates? Like the answer is obvious. I learned from more from my peers. The peer-to-peer learning is extremely powerful. It's it's in real time, and that's that's uh, and it's unfortunate because university model uh, puts a puts a blanket on what kind of tribe you can have, which is geographically combined, uh, confined, and and you can have an age group of between like twenty-one to twenty-three only in your classroom, you know. But you can have. If, if you get like-minded people who want to study a particular subject, it doesn't matter if they're 18 or 13 or 70. Yes. If they are interested in seeing the same thing, putting them together, is it, it, it's magical. Like anyone you ask from, and these, these, are, these are the people you have the most fun with. You connect with, have a laugh, and then you have deep, meaningful relationships with them, right? That, so the tribe aspect is not just friendships. Peer-to-peer learning is an incredibly powerful concept. It has always been there, but uh very overlooked when we look at the uh, the the education system overall and then that leads to the third aspect which is uh deep immersive experiences right that's the third thing i talk about deep immersion and mind valley university is an example of a deep immersion tedx is another example of a deep immersion what are deep immersions where your tribe the people who want to study the same subject or interested in the same topic they come together for a really short period of time 
and they decide to go deep into that topic, right? In Mind Valley University, that topic was personal transformation. And we went deep, like, but only for 30 days. 30 days is crazy long. Normal is like four to five days, but maximum limit that you can push it to is 30 days, right? But what happens there? You, this is where you reinforce the connection with your tribe. And there's a lot of different like relationships that emerge from that tribe. You learn new things that you didn't know from the tribe peer-to-peer learning. And then you're learning from the best teachers or like the most uh, qualified teachers that can teach you in, in that workshop setting. And then what happens when you come back from the event? Any event that you go to that is meaningful to you, here's what happens. You come back with a list of a ton of books, a lot of new resources, a lot of podcasts, a lot of courses that you want to take up. What do you do? You come back and you add it back into your self-education. So this becomes like a wheel, which is your self-education. The list keeps on growing and your tribe, and you, you can have multiple tribes from learning multiple things, right? And then there are your deep immersions and then one feeds into the other. And that's, that is what I call the wheel of modern education. Mm-hmm. The starting point of this podcast itself is one of those points that I brought back as an action item from five days intensive program that I attended back in 2017. I can't agree more on how much you can learn from each other and where deep immersion, what you call, can take you in your self-exploratory or self-development journey. Absolutely, man. And you know the best part? It is the most fun of the entire journey. It's the most fun aspect of it. It makes education, learning, learning anything so much exciting, so much meaningful, so fulfilling. Absolutely. And we've, yeah, I mean, I can go deep yeah, into like how we've ruined it with the, with the, with the modern mm. education system, but it's, it's unfortunate. There are, now these, these new movements are coming up where, where you get the right people together for different kinds of conferences, for summits, masterminds. Are you familiar with the concept of masterminds? Yeah, I'm. Myself, part of right? the mastermind group. And these people, again, on our mastermind group are those whom I met at an event. The bonding between us was so strong that we wanted to take this further and continue learning from and supporting each other. And it's basically creating the tribe, right? Exactly. And it's not creating the tribe. It's for after finding that tribe, you go into deep immersive experiences. Mastermind serves two purposes. Mastermind, you can spread over a year, right? Like say, hey, this is our... This is, a, this is what our group is going to be. This is our goal. And we will have like a monthly call or we can go for once every quarter adventure trips where we come together and like have some intense learning and fun experiences together, right? So, the, but the, uh, the, the world that we live in today, it has given us so much power like never before that we can drive in the driver's seat of our modern education. And, and that's the fundamental premise behind every single thing that I do, be it my business or be it working for Mind Valley, or be it just looking at my own education. So how did you develop this love for learning? Oh, this is a great question. Uh, well, so how do I start? Well, let me put it this way. Growing up, like I was a intelligent student, according to my mom, at least. Right? I was a very intelligent student. But I wasn't as interested in my, mm-hmm. you know, going competing for the exams or like I was always the backbencher. And then in my university also, I was is the same. I never took education as seriously except for the most important moments, which are the exams or things like that. Right. And then mm-hmm. at some point, I joined this organization called ISEC. It's the world's largest youth run organization. And if there are any people who are listening to this podcast who are in a university right now, the best thing you can do for yourself is join that organization. Uh, so I joined that organization and I realized that, oh my God, I, I, I had this, I had this uh, before joining that organization, I had this cap. Uh, it's, uh, it's called ISEC, A-I-E-S-E-C. And it's the world's largest youth-run organization that aims to develop youth leadership. Right. And it's present in about 130 countries. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, so I joined that organization. And when I joined it before that, I had this capital city syndrome. I grew up in Delhi, uh, which means arrogant for no reason, angry most of the times, right? And offensive. And I'm, I'm the boss and I know everything. And I joined that organization and I was like, holy crap, there's, there's so many smart people. And in just one particular room, that was my first experience of a deep immersion, by the way. I, I went for an ISEC conference back in 2008. And that's when I first realized, oh, yeah, I, I got to start reading reading more, learning more about things outside my school curriculum, which I was forced to learn. So the first book I read, by the way, was in 2007. Before that, I had never read a single book outside my curriculum. Uh, And the first book I read was uh, 
as an engineering student, you can guess what that book was. It's by Chetan Bhagat. <laughs> you know the answer. It's five points somewhere, right? And then, so it doesn't really count. And it took me a long time to read that book. I realized I was, I was very, uh, it was like slow and tough and this kind of thing. And but because I was in, in that ecosystem and I wanted to be successful, I wanted to grow in that ecosystem of ISEC. I was intrinsically driven. So I said, okay, screw it. I will. I got to learn about organization development because that's the kind of role I was I was playing, leadership, personal growth, all these kind of things. So I started picking up books and it would take me a long time to read them. And then by like 2011, 2012, I, I grew so much, like just spending three to four years in that organization, I grew so much that I that, that I realized, hmm, I this learning, this studying from uh, from books, from reading blogs and watching videos, it's helping me grow so much. How can I accelerate that? You know? How can I hack that? How can I increase that? It was just simple so that it was adding more value to me. And I was still like saying, how can I hack this? Right. And I started taking all these productivity tools and like how to like how I learned how to read like three times faster uh, while maintaining my retention speed. I started doing productivity hacks and like Pomodoro, all of those things. Right. And I started applying those principles in all the different areas of life that I wanted to learn, be it all areas, mind, body, career, relationship, health. Uh, intellectual like all of that and then i realized over time that i had developed this love for the process itself and yeah I, yes and the, it doesn't matter what tool i'm using what area i'm studying i was loving the process and that just it, this epiphany I'd, I'd been pondering about this since like i think about a year and a half and if you if you think about this you ask me the question how did you develop this love for learning and here's the catch of it we are all born with the love of learning and we grow out of it now think about this who are the fastest learners in the world kids exactly right and then and and if and if i try to uh, replicate the framework right i have an engineering mind i didn't do anything else make any other use of without i didn't make any other use of it right but there's one thing uh, as an engineering mind you look at a complex problem and then you try to break it down into like its framework its component components so that you can understand how to solve the problem right so if you look at how does a child learn and if you replicate the same framework you have the same process how does a child learn let's think about that right you uh, the child first of all they only have empowering beliefs about learning purely like they they are the most curious they're the most annoyingly curious right it's the most adorable thing for for the parents to see in the beginning and then it gets Overwhelming, annoying, annoying. And yes. gets painful, and then then we shut them down. But that's that's the journey of a parent, which at at some point I will learn. But a child is ridiculously curious about every single thing, and they only have empowering beliefs. Now think about the new thing that you want to learn. What are the first things? What are your beliefs about that learning? Ah, okay, I wanna I wanna get really back into shape. I wanna get ripped. I wanna get six pack abs. What do I need to do? Right? If if this is the goal, right? Then immediately you have empowering beliefs and disempowering beliefs. Right? They say, ah, oh, I, I got to go to the gym. Ah, I got to learn more about nutrition. Ah, I can, I can uh, start with biohacking. Ah, I can learn about fasting. There's like a gazillion things you can do. And then on the other side, ah, but there, shit, there's a party coming next week. Ah, going to the gym is so hard. I, I work so hard during the day. I have no energy by the end of the day. All of these disempowering beliefs that are stopping you, right? It, and the child doesn't have that. So you can catch these things and you can look up subconscious programming, how to reprogram your subconscious. A lot of these beliefs stem out of your decades or like 20 30 years of programming and as as a child and it's nothing bad but you can reprogram it because it's not something that is wrong with you it's just a skill it's just a muscle that needs to be trained that's the first thing empowering beliefs and curiosity harness curiosity i was i was talking to my brother who's a who's in delhi so he has the capital city syndrome and he's a young 23 year old artist musician right so he's asking me that hey gotham i uh, yeah, this is this is the thing that I'm uh, trying to solve for my career X Y Z, and now I'm I'm a marketer, I'm I'm a coach, like I I I coach people only like the people that I choose to coach, uh, and then I I've, I've studied so much in personal growth, so I'm I'm helping him. I'm saying, hey, Devant, you should do this, you should do that. These are the things that you haven't done. Blah 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 blah. And then here's what he tells me. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah Gotham, I know all of that, and like how and this is the attitude that most people have, right? And I have had. So I have compassion for it. But think about this. And I asked him this. Devanj, if you know every single thing that, uh, that there is to know about fixing this problem, how are you still facing the same problem? Like this, 
this this, this uh, fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Kids never have that, right? That's the that's the that's the that's just that's just the brain of the child. But if we can replicate that by reprogramming our subconsciousness, uh, subconscious and uh, subconscious programming, and uh, you know, harnessing curiosity. And then there's this other aspect, like what are, what is the next thing that the, that a child does? Play. That, it's such an oh my god, I can go deep philosophical on it. But play is such an important aspect. Like immediately, a child sees something. Ah, what is that? How can I do this? What happens? And then immediately go into implementation. Get into action. That's yes. that's the that's the next thing. Immediate action. That's the that's the next recipe. Play and in, uh, not just immediate action. Immediate action is a great thing, but a lot of people know that. Next thing is inspiring milestones, right? In play, when a child think about this, when you're growing up, like two or three years old, a child learns like picks up like two to three languages when they're growing up until by the time they're seven or eight, they're bilingual if they're bilingual parents. How does it happen? The child says, "Daddy." And parents go like, oh, my God, yay, applause. Oh, that's so cute. Like, that's just such a tiny milestone. Every step of the way, those milestones are celebrated, right? Now We forget I, as we grow up. Exactly. And not, uh, we don't forget. Yeah, it's, it's part of growing up too. But having this awareness that, ah, the children had natural uh, inspiring milestones. Same thing happens to them in school. Same thing with parents. Same thing with relatives. As growing up, you need to create your own inspiring milestones. My girlfriend is French, for example, and I wanted to learn French. And the, the, the milestones, the current milestones for learning French out there in the market are what? Take French level one, take French level two, three, four, five. It can bore me to death, right? Instead, what if you create your own learning milestone saying, oh, okay, uh, maybe have a conversation with the taxi driver in French or have uh, order a meal in French. Then mm. say something cheesy romantic to your girlfriend in French, maybe uh, listen to a song in French, watch a movie in French, these kind of milestones, if you pile them up, you celebrate them, then that becomes uh, learning skills way easier and way more fun. It's the same with learning a guitar. It's the same with learning any other skill. It's the same with breaking bad habits like quitting smoking. It's the same, like creating inspiring milestones always is way more effective. Children naturally have that. We have to create that for ourselves. Which is amazing. And then, then there is the last aspect, which comes back to the tribe itself. L- learning with your tribe, playing with your tribe all the time. That's what kids do. And the, the, the strongest learning comes from, you will see strongest learning in, for example, fitness emerges. Uh, there's this uh, uh, fitness actually company called CrossFit, right? CrossFit has this principle nailed down. They have the most incredibly committed community, committed to, uh, to personal transformation when it comes to fitness. And uh, they, they are helping each other, pushing each other, and growing together as a tribe in, in the fitness industry. And you will see every, every single aspect of, uh, of tribe being, uh, like every single aspect of learning is very closely associated with the quality of the tribe. So as they say, you're the average of five people, the most common heard sentence which applies to this, right? This, this, this is the principle. Surround yourself with the people who, you, uh, who inspire you to learn something that you want to learn. So the first thing, how can one find even what they want to learn? Mm, very interesting. Start anywhere. Like, how do you, you want to find... You want to learn anything. You just go, go out in a day and you figure out, ah, th- I, if you have nothing on your mind, go travel. Like, what do you want to learn? If you don't know what career uh, options you want to take, you just finish university. Or if you're thinking about, hey, I, should I go for my university or try a business or whatever? If you can't answer this for yourself, there are certain processes that you can apply, right? There's, you can do some deep reflection to understand which area do you want to, which area matters to you the most and which, which direction you can uh, you might want to take in future. One of the classics, the most amazing personal growth book on this is called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Just read that book. If you don't know what you want to learn, where do you want to direct your conscious energy in life at this moment productively? That's the book that will help solve all your answers in, in short. Test different things and see what works best for you. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You call the process of simplifying complex systems to daily actionable steps is life designing. How can one start designing his life? The starting point is this. You identify the area that you want to improve in, 
then uh, you apply the learning framework that I was trying to briefly describe. There's, I do like a two-hour talk on that. But there's, uh, you identify the area you want to grow in. For example, right now, for the past year, I've been deeply interested in, uh, in transforming my body, transforming, transforming my health and, and fitness. And especially growing up in India with Indian vegetarian nutrition, I was right. So in, in the last one year, I've, I think I've read about 20 books on this. I've, I've taken multiple online courses on this. I've spent, I think, about $5,000 on just committing, buying products, uh, going for experiences, committing to certain things, changing my lifestyle, changing my daily routine, every single thing, because I said, all right, this is, I'm committing to learning this skill. That's how I start. So Gautam, there is massive technological change that's happening in our world today. And uh, the traditional education system has failed to address the rapid change that's happening. So what do you think the future of modern education looks like, even though we have already discussed about the wheel of modern education that you propose? Mm -hmm. So how the generation of our kids are going to learn things? Ah, okay, very interesting. Man, so first, like the Wheel of Modern Education we've discussed in about a minute or two, I would recommend for your listeners to go check out the TEDx talk. It's on YouTube. Uh, but the future of education, what uh, I would put it this way. There's, there was a Carnegie study done about five years ago that, uh, that suggested that 85% of the uh, skills that we learn in universities right now are actually useless. The things that actually make people successful are, this, are not the professional skills that we learn in the university, but these are these are skills in human engineering, like leadership, how to communicate with people and all of these things. And the future of education right now, think about this, Udemy, uh, edX, and so many different platforms have already outsourced most of the courses, most of the classes that we, that we attend in uh, different universities. You can like, access all the classes that MIT is, is teaching right now, just online for free. These things are available and people can choose the skills that they want to learn. But uh, what should we be teaching or what should people be, uh, be learning to actually create a successful and meaningful life are the things that actually matter. You know, how, to be a, how to be a better partner, how to be uh, a better friend, how to be a better at leadership, how to develop emotional intelligence, how to have a better health and uh, longevity principles. Things like this are completely out of our education system. We barely invest time in it. And as we are growing uh, as a generation, like, uh, building a profession is becoming easier and easier and more accessible. Developing a professional skill is, has never been easier thanks to the, the connected world that we live in. But the skills that are the most important to learn are skills that actually make a life successful and fulfilling. And these are the skills that people, I, I believe that people should be learning. I believe every education institute should be teaching. Yeah, about the accessibility part, I can't agree more with you because you have access to all the world-class mentors through their books, through the social media, through the articles they write, right? So uh, I think, you know, uh, there is almost no limit on what you can learn and whom you can learn from. So that's that's such a beautiful part. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, so I was reading an article that you have written maybe on your LinkedIn on that article, you have mentioned that finding your passion or falling into the trap of finding something that you are very, very passionate about is a Ravi's thing. Why do you think finding a passion is a Ravi's thing? Ah, okay. I, I, I recognize which, which article you're referring to. I think it was like uh, two years ago I wrote it. It's about... It's, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's based on this, uh, this book that I read about two or three years ago. It's called So Good... Uh, be so good they can't ignore you it's written by cal newport and it's an incredible book and what uh, that book is endorsing is that uh, like we we've thrown around the idea of find your passion find your passion find, find your passion and follow your passion and create the career that you love all of these things but like there's this hypothesis that uh, makes you hyper aware of uh, if if you're going out and uh, trying to do things in the world uh, the passion mindset makes you hyper aware of the things that you don't like, right? And then there's the other aspect, the other mindset that the, that the book endorses. I think it's called the craft, craftsman mindset, which focuses on the process. And uh, what the premise is, I was referring to one of the famous speeches by Steve Jobs, where he was suggesting to, to you know, go out, follow your passion. But what I suggested, don't do what Steve Jobs said, but do what he did. And if you go back and mm -hmm. see in his 
in his biography, right? What he did in his university. You think he was a crazy visionary at that time? No, he was he was like a hippie walking through the universities, not knowing exactly uh, not knowing exactly which direction to to head completely. And he started Apple just to make money. They started with the uh, building the microprocessors, right? Just to make money. And then uh, the idea is that passion follows pursuit, and that's the thing I want to endorse because. Like I have heard so much and I, uh, like follow your passion, follow your passion. It's an advice that, that sells like hot pancakes, right? But the idea, it, it has this missing aspect and the deeper understanding that the passion follows pursuit and what we should be developing rather is a craftsman mindset. It's, it's a focus on the craft, focusing on, on the process, the process mindset, you can call it, right? And, and most passions, if you think about it, right? Most passions are merely hobbies. And you, you don't want to turn like everything, your, every hobby of yours, everything you enjoy into a career. For example, sex. You don't want to turn that into a career. It's a bad idea for most people, of course. Right? So, like these kind, uh, so that's what the article in, in essence was endorsing to, to uh, the difference between the passion mindset and the craftsman mindset. And uh, eventually it will, it will create things that you are deeply passionate about. But those things come after years of, of pursuing something consistently and consistency comes from the craftsman mindset. Mm, that's powerful. Um, so Gautam, uh, let's switch a gear to selling online product and services. So you have been responsible in the past in bringing over 20 million revenue annually to Mind Valley, which is over 75% of the company's revenue through online product and sales. So there might be mm-hmm. people who are listening to us right now, uh, looking forward to create online product or services, but they are struggling. So what would be your suggestion or recommendation to uh, them in terms of how they can grow their sale or how they can you know, increase the sale of uh, their course or products online? Okay. Oh, very interesting. So the, the fundamental reason why I really enjoy marketing as a tool is because it gives you a deeper understanding of what human behavior is like, right? So for every marketer, have you heard of this book called Influence by Robert Cialdini? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is like the Bible of all the marketers. It's, it's an old classic, but it exp- explains you deeply what are the principles of human behavior that, uh, that no matter what the platform is, no matter how much the world changes, the fundamentals of marketing never change. And these are principles like reciprocity. So uh, uh, right now, there's a, there's a huge market for online webinars. What are online webinars doing or content marketing doing is giving massive value to its customers, even through this podcast. What are you doing? You're adding massive value to your customers without expecting True. anything in return. And there's this law of reciprocity that says that once you receive something, you immediately want to give back, right? And then there's this deep, if you add enough value to someone's life, they want to learn more from you. They want to buy your product. They want to, they, they want to explore more this, uh, this relationship, if it's education, to learn from you, right? But it starts, and that's why I love this idea, because it can only happen in the world that we live in today if you add massive value to your customers in advance. So that's the law of reciprocity. And then there are principles like social proof. Uh, imagine you're, you're walking on the road, right? And uh, there's this guy who's on the sidewalk that you're walking on. He's just looking up in the sky and he's just a random guy looking up, right? And you just walk past him and say, weirdo, right? But then mm. imagine yeah, next day you're walking through the same road and then there's that guy and then six other people who are looking at the same thing in the sky, random. You know yeah. your instant response? You will look up, what True. is there, right? That's called social proof. Right, so there's uh, there's this huge debate. Can I make the can I make my web assets, web pages, sales pages? Do I make them more beautiful or uh, or like uh, templated so that I just put like three case studies on this on my sales page so that it looks beautiful, mm-hmm. so that it's more enticing? But you know the answer to the question: How many case studies or testimonials should you put on your sales page? As mm-hmm. many as possible, as many as oh. you have, because those are the th- people are. This is why. Uh, the more reviews you see online, the more you're convinced to buy things. True. Right. So these are basic fundamental principles and there's scarcity, which is another one, which if, if things are available for a limited period of time, there's people have FOMO. This is another human behavior, right? Mm. What you can do is give, give an additional discount for a limited period of time to take the, uh, for people to take action. These are like basic marketing principles that I really enjoy 
because not only do they help you understand marketing, but also human behavior in general. So, that, so if you want to, if someone wants to start understanding what are the different, uh, you know, different principles that I should apply and that I shouldn't be missing, start with the book Influence, mm. and then. Another aspect, which is a bit deeper in digital marketing, is to understand the compounding effect. It's, it's like minor, like 5% improvement in a conversion funnel. Like online marketing mostly is just funnels, right? You get massive audience at the top of the funnel. And then at the, at the bottom of the funnel, probably like 10%, 20% of those people who came in the funnel convert, yeah. right? And then there are different stages in the funnel. So let's say uh, on top, there's 100 people and 100 people sign up for something. Uh, out of 200 people, 100 people sign up for something. Out of those 100 people, 40 people show up for the live class or the live podcast, whatever you're doing. Right? Out of those 40 people, uh, about 30 people uh, see the, the call to action, which is to buy the, buy the product that, that's happening. And then out of those 30 people, so on and so forth, all, all the way down to having 20 customers. Now, there are different conversion points in the, in the funnel. The idea is not that what is the one conversion point that I should maximize. You, yeah, that is a good mindset to develop that what is the highest leveraging point. Uh-huh. But there's another aspect, which is the compounding effect. What if I improve my conversion by like 5%? It it's, may seem really small in between one layer and another layer, another 3%. In another layer, another 2%. And what you realize is that just by improving, having minor conversion rate optimized, it's just by the end of the funnel, you have a massive uh, increase in the total sales. Because every, every layer of the funnel, let's say there's five layers from 100 to like getting 20 customers, every layer you optimize the conversion rate by like 4 to 5%. By the end of it, you have like more than 20% output in terms of getting customers. Wow, that's so powerful. So this is, this is a very fundamental uh, premise behind conversion rate optimization. If you want to learn more, uh, the best resource to go for is, I would say, the Digital Marketer Academy by Ryan Dice. Hmm. It has like all the modules very well explained how to position your product, how to do product to market fit, which is another thing which, uh, which uh, people actually tend to ignore. If not ignore, just take it very, very lightly. However, it's the most important thing when you're trying to sell something mm. is the product to market fit, identifying exactly the person you're selling to, exactly one person you're selling to, and then building everything in, according to that, in accordance with that. So all of these, these classes, these tools you can learn online. If you want to buy a paid course, it's Digital Marketers by Ryan Dice. It's paid. Or just follow blogs. I, I used to follow when I was doing this, this work, follow blogs of HubSpot, Ryan Dice, uh, Neil Patel, uh, Jeff Walker for a bit. So these are a few, uh, used to be a few industry leaders mm. that you can follow. And I think Anik's work is also a lot into marketing and uh, Anik singles. So repeatability is something that I can observe as a outsider on what Anik does bets, right? So, I mean, repeatedly, you know, posting on the uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever that is, and creating ad and ad optimization are the other things that you can look at. Exactly. Like consistency is the key everywhere. Again, it's the craftsman mindset, not the passion mindset. If you go back to the old conversation. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so Gautam, now it's time for the enlightening round. Are you excited? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. All right. Let's do this. So Gautam, you have inspired a lot of people in your life and you continue to do so through life plugin summits that you do every single year and through the work that you do within the mind belly itself and the way you conduct yourself as well. Right. So what inspires you to do everything that you do? The first thing that I would say is that uh, I remind myself every single morning, there's, there's two things I remind myself every day. Is the first is that death is near, life is short, and we are all here to play. Like This is something I, I have a template in my morning routine, and I see this every single day. It's a reminder. There's a few, few instances in my own personal life, some very difficult, some not so difficult, which reminded me of these things. And it's, I, I mean... Like I remember like I joined my university, my first day of university with my Tropicana pink guava juice uh, can in my hand, like it was yesterday. It was more than 11 years ago. Like things that time moves so fast and it will all be over mm-hmm. before we know it. So this is something I remind myself every day. And it's uh, also, it's an encouragement for me to go out and play more because like make the most of the day and not just stress about uh, 
being one direction towards just making money, for example. That's the first thing that inspires me. And the second thing I also see every single morning is, is the vision of what I want to create in the world. And that is, I want to create an ecosystem that will be called the Disneyland of learning and education. Because I truly believe that education needs to be lifelong, a lot of fun, filled with adventures, and intrinsically motivating. You see, like all my life, I think I, I was, I always thought that I was a rebel. I was like, like completely an outlaw in my university. And I would, uh, I just thought that I was not meant for education and I would be an idiot and all of those things. But it's just, it, uh, education wasn't served in the way that I could receive it. And once I discovered this, this, this framework, which I also share in my TEDx talk, is uh, of modern education. It, it took me about seven, eight years to figure out, ah, that is the thing that I'm mm -hmm. enjoying. And that's why so many things have become so intrinsically motivating. It's, it's amazing. Right now, I can't wait to read more books, more, uh, more podcasts, go on more conferences, more deep immersive experiences, because it's just intrinsically motivating for me to learn and study these things. And when it's this exciting, you are driving your own education. And why would you ever want it to end? It doesn't make sense. And that's, that's what I'm after. And it's, it has added so much value. Absolutely. BJ, like you, you go back 10 years, like not even 10 years, six years back in my life, like my life is barely recognizable. It's, it's completely different and I'm extremely grateful for it. But these are the things that have helped me so much. So it inspires me a lot to just bring these things to other people, mm. not just out of the sense of contribution. Of course, that is there, but it also in, is intrinsically motivating and fun for me because then I get to do all those crazy things with the other people. And that's, that's what drives me every single day to create whatever that ecosystem would be. One day it'll be a headline saying Disneyland of learning and education. That's what I want to create. Wow. That's so amazing. So I wish you all the best and I'm pretty sure that you are going to make it happen because the way you, you know, conduct yourself and the drive and hunger that I can see you in you, Gautam, I'm sure that we can see or maybe come around and play on the Disneyland of the education that you create. Thank Amazing. You so, much, so, so which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey? This is a certain answer. I think I touched, touched upon it in the previous question as well. Uh, so it's my morning routine, which is uh, non-negotiable for me. Well, almost non-negotiable. We are all humans. Sometimes if I'm out too late, like a, a yeah. few times I fall off the wagon, but I feel the difference. Like my morning routine is almost non-negotiable. And I, I built my morning routine about three years ago. Uh, after reading this book called The One Thing, highly recommend it. It's, it's like, it, I think in, uh, in 2015, that was the book I made the most notes of, notes out of. And one of the premises that uh, Gary Keller uh, espouses is this, says highly effective people do not have, uh, do not chase the perfect day. What they do is they build a perfect start of the day that keeps the momentum going. And what, uh, what he recommends is that highly effective people do four things in the morning. They, they, they spend time with mm -hmm. their loved ones, hug or kiss their loved ones for emotional energy. They, they, they exercise or uh, some movement and eat healthy for physical energy. They meditate, some sort of journaling for, for spiritual energy. And then they plan their day or their one thing of the day for business energy. So this is the framework which I've kind of turned it into and made my own morning routine. So I would wake up at around 5.20 a.m in the morning and first like my girlfriend is sleeping but first 15 minutes are reserved for her she knows it that i'm awake and she's smiling with her eyes closed and i'm hopelessly in love romantic with her like all the cheesy things that bollywood has inspired and stuffed mm. into me that i just spent give all <laughs> give her all my love she's the most important thing to me in the world right and then so 5 35 i roughly get off my, get out of my bed my gym bag is already packed i head to the gym uh, uh crossfit i come back from the gym around 7 30 uh get my protein shake and some healthy meal. And I go into meditation. I would do some, uh, some gratitudes and some uh, visualization and some breathing. And then I start journaling, which is what I was mentioning before. This, the thing that I see every single day as reminders. So every single mm -hmm. important reminder, I have an Evernote template. And uh, it, it is a template of my morning journaling. So first thing I, uh, is a reminder, a very personal reminder of how I think life is really short and how we're all meant to just play here. And I don't want to forget that. Second is the Disneyland of learning and education. That's the thing that's driving me forward. And then I would do some, some gratitudes. I would remind myself of what other things I'm proud of. And how did I, in the last 24 hours, like this is another one. I learned from this book, Seven Habits. How did I seek to 
to make people successful in the last 24 hours because I want to develop and harness the abundance mindset and not the scarcity mindset that if I'm succeeding, the other people are not succeeding and that the world is abundant. So I want to harness this and have a regular reminder for this. So I do that. And then uh, like a little reminder for Celia on how I want to communicate with her, things I've learned through like last three years of our relationship. And then I, I write down the thing, which is the most important thing. If I get done uh, professionally, everything else is, is perfect. Like my day would be successful. So one to mm. three things maximum. And that's about that time, it's about 8.15, 8.20. And I lock myself in the room from 8.15 all the way until 11.30 until I get that thing done. And my first meeting is at 11.30. Mm. So by the time I walk into that meeting, I've already had a really successful day, taking care of my health, spent time with my girlfriend, meditated, mm. got my mindset right, and I got the most important thing professionally done out of the way. So that is the thing which, which I think is, is one of the keystone habits, uh, which has been a game changer for the last three years. It's been one year that I have started uh, you know, building up the morning ritual itself. And I won't say that I have reached there yet, found my perfect ideal morning, but still I'm you know, trying this in and out, different habits that I can do on morning. And definitely journaling is such a powerful thing that you can do on the morning, like putting thoughts on your paper that just transforms the way you look at your own life, the way you look at the universe. Uh, that's just so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing your morning ritual. Uh, so, Gautam, well, I, my pleasure. Yeah, so Gautam, I know that you are such a voracious reader and learner. Uh, and I, I, I'm sure that, you know, this would be unfair if I ask you uh, to share about one book that you would highly recommend or maybe one book which, <laughs> yeah, one book which uh, moved you deeply. So maybe, you know, you can go ahead and share a book or maybe a couple of books which, you know, you think has moved you deeply in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's a, it's a very, very difficult question. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say, like, I, I can't pick one book that has moved me deeply. I think I can name like 30 books that have moved <laughs> me so deeply that I recommend to everyone. <laughs> but I would say, like, the one book that I've recommended the most in the last year and a half is this book called State of Affairs by Esther Perel. She's the world's leading relationship psychologist and hands down, She's, this is the best book I've read on uh, love relationships and human behavior and human psychology. And like for me, I'm, I'm, I've already expressed I'm hopelessly in love romantic and I have like the, like the most perfect relationship with my girl. Most of the credit goes to her. But like I, I get these things and I, it's really important for me to invest in my, in my love relationship. And I understand that, uh, you know, you've got to love yourself, to love others. I'm, I love reading about philosophy and all of these things. But this book about uh, relationships, it is mind blowing. Like uh, she talks about uh, the psychology of relationships, the, the human psychology, and how everybody in the world goes through the exact same things. And no matter who the person is, no matter what cultural upbringing there is, but it's the same uh, fundamental behind all the challenges that stem out of relationships. And I've had the pleasure to meet Esther Perel live. Man, that woman, every single sentence that comes out of her mouth is quote worthy. If your audience doesn't know who Esther Perel is, the life is about to change. Just look up on TED, like not even TEDx. Go on TED and look up Esther Perel. And I think uh, this book moved me so much. At some point, and like, at some point, I was traveling. I was coming back from San Diego, and I found myself crying in the plane without realizing that I'm sitting in the plane. That's how deeply moving this book is. Awesome. So I'm going to link that up on the Sonos page of this episode. Uh, make sure yes, guys that please. Take, that would be great. Yes. Uh, Sonos page of this episode. So Gautam, we are uh, coming to an end, but I have a few couple of questions left for you. So this is the last question for you from the Enlightening Round. Um, so one of those tools that you have mentioned in the earlier question was Evernote uh, that you use for taking uh, notes. And that's uh, one of the tool that I cannot survive myself without because I use mm. Evernote every single day. Such a beautiful app. Uh, are there any other online tools or app that you would recommend to my listeners uh, that you use on a maybe regular basis that helps you uh, maybe become more productive or maybe uh, build self-discipline or maybe become more fit? Anything like that. Okay. So online, there's, there's different tools which you can use, uh, like Habitbull and things like that for productivity. What I have found to be the most helpful for me is like, I take an Excel sheet and it will have 30 columns. 
and uh, like 12 different rows and I would print that sheet in like on a piece of paper. So those 30 columns goes from one to 30 and then those 12 things are the 12 uh, daily habits or like daily or weekly habits that I want to harness and that I don't want to miss. And it's, it's based on the principle, don't break the chain method. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not aware of that. What's that? So I would, for example, I would say, uh, uh, wake up at uh, 5 a.m. every 5.20 a.m. Mm -hmm. every day, right? That's one habit. Then eat uh, only nutritional food uh, five times a week, like highly nutritional food, only have like two a bit off the wagon, like cheat days kind okay. of thing, right? So that's another one. And the third one is like uh, work on uh, life plugins, uh, life plugin and business and life plugin summit an hour every day in the morning something like that and weekends are full because i i have two jobs at, the, at yeah. this time so and then the, i make a list of all the things that i want to do on a daily basis or a, on a consistently basis and every single day uh let's say it's the first of uh september i would see on first of september of all those 12 things or 10 or 12 or however like really small things did i do that day at the end of the day i would come back and i would make a dot in front of them on the first day and then the, the ones that I didn't know, it will be empty. Second day, do the same. Third day, do the same. Fourth day, do the same. After a while, it just becomes a chain. And it's visual in front of me on my wall. My girlfriend does the same. And after a while, it just becomes intrinsically motivating for me mm. to just make another dot, make another dot. And if there's a space, I don't want to have yeah. that. And or it, it, it just is also like your, your reward system in your, in your brain just goes crazy because you see it every single day. So it's just, I just found it really, really useful in terms of productivity. And then if I just wake up in the morning around uh, 5.20 and follow my morning routine, the routine is so set and I've, it's been three years that once I'm in that routine, there is nothing else that I need to worry about in terms of productivity. So I don't use as many tools per se. I just use a visual uh, printout and then just my morning routine. Yeah, I think that's again uh, powerful because I uh, used... Uh, I, I used to use this app called Fabulous to, to keep track of habit again, again. Uh, but that's an app like that that's uh, motivates you, and you know you can see those dots that you are talking about. But I think uh, having that printed paper in front of you on the wall or maybe on your desk would you know be more powerful because you just can see that every single day, right? Every single moment, uh, app is something that you will only see when you open it up. So what if you forget yeah, to and open it? There's app? something about using a marker and making that dot, which is so much Bigger. more rewarding than just yeah. having it in the phone and just seeing it once a day. Every time in my, I'm in my bedroom, I see my progress in those areas. And there are yeah. some that I would fall off. Like if there's like 12, 12 different things I want to do consistently in a month, like there, there are certain things that won't work. Right? And then there are certain things that would work. For example, working out. Three years ago, it was a challenge for me to be extremely consistent with working out. Now it is so consistent, I don't have to put it in any, any habit uh, tool anymore because it has been so consistent. I, I feel uncomfortable if I'm not working out mm -hmm. after like three days already. So uh, out of curiosity, I would want to ask you this. So if you see blank for maybe three, four or five days, you might feel, do you feel guilty? Or if you do, how do you deal with that? Uh, <laughs> I, f I do feel guilty and I do beat myself up, but I would yeah. joke about it. And I, so uh, after a while, it just becomes a pattern that, ah, okay, this is something because having 12 things in the list, I took that uh, framework from this program called Lifebook. I, and having 12 things in the list, you want to be consistent. That is quite ambitious already. If you are mm -hmm. eight on 12, extremely consistent, it's already very good. And what happens is next month you create a new sheet. So you understand which are the things that you're falling off the wagon more. So maybe create a smaller goal and this, just so that you feel the early success because feeling early success is extremely important. So when I am failing at this and if it's, I, I do beat myself up and sometimes I'll be like, shit, I, why can't I get this thing done? <laughs> and then we can go this uh, into deep into this topic about willpower management and how does it work and how to use it. But mm. like, by the end of it, all I need to do is create early successes in the areas that I want to improve. Uh, one of the things is uh, learn, learn 30 minutes a day. Right? I just put 30 minutes because I've often, when I start reading, it's always more than 30 minutes. Uh, taking courses, always more than 30 minutes. But what I want to do is just create this small success so that it just uh, carries on. I don't want to put like read two hours a day because some days I might not be able to. But if I put 30 minutes a day, it's small enough commitment. Yeah. So I want to uh, develop uh, those consistent, small successes on a day-to-day -day basis. All right. So Gautam, I have one last question left for you. But before that, if 
uh, people want to reach out to you, maybe attend Life Plugin Summit, which is happening on Goa on the, this month itself. So basically, how can people reach out to you and know more about you and your work? Uh, okay, so uh, I have this business called Life Plugin. So uh, you can go on lifeplugin.com, no space, L-I-F-E-P-L-U-G-I-N, like an internet plugin, .com. Uh, or you can yeah. follow so me on. You can also talk what uh, Life Plugin Summit is and what happens on that summit. Ah, okay. So Life Plugin Summit is a is a three day deep immersion, as I call it, into personal transformation. So what I uh, what I bring is like highly curated people. So a selected bunch of people together in a cool location. The last one we did in Himalayas. The one before that by the beach in Goa. And this time we're also going by the beach in Goa. And what we do is we come together for about three days and go deep into personal transformation. But also the experience is designed in a way that it facilitates deep, meaningful connections with every single person because they're really cool people that you come and meet. It's not just a conference, which is the stage to audience teaching, but this peer-to-peer learning element is really, really strong. And then there's a lot of fun and adventures that we, that we create throughout the conference experience. For example, last time in, the, in, in Himalayas, I took 70 people in Himalayas to jump in a pool filled with ice because it's, it's like cold exposure. And there were people who have never entered pool. They are Indian audience, right? They're who've never entered a pool. It was an open pool in Himalayas. Uh, outside was like 10 degrees. And then we threw ice slabs in the pool and everybody jumped inside. It's uh, following Wim Hof method. And it was, it was one of the highlights for most people. So we create these adventures. We would do CrossFit workouts in the morning yoga and meditation in the morning and have a lot of connection exercise throughout the conference. So by the end of it, what people leave the conference with is a lot of inspiration, a lot of ideas about what are the things that they want to change in their own life. And then they add like the things that they want to learn more. And then they buy the books, courses, we point them in the right direction. And they have a huge, uh, like deeply connected uh, community, which serves as an accountability for them so that they, all the things that they do plan they actually get done and happens in the most fun way because all the people that come together, imagine in Goa for like three day party over the weekend is really yeah. uh, like you mm-hmm. bond really well together. True. So that's what life plugin summit is. Um, overall. So if right now I'm, I'm going to build the life plugin ecosystem more. The first product is life plugin summit. Uh, but I will be sharing more, more and more things on my Instagram. It's uh, slash Gotham Ketrapal. Uh, so you can put that in the link. It's very hard to spell. Yeah, yeah. And uh, same for Facebook. It's Gotham.Ketrapal9. So you can uh, follow me on Instagram or Facebook and you, all the updates will be constantly shared on my social network there. Guys, make sure that you get connected with Gotham. Visit Life Plugin Summit and see if that's uh, something that you are looking for. I, I would absolutely recommend that event from what I can sense the kind of energy and the vibe uh, that I can sense. And also Gautam is such a badass executor and he won't settle down for uh, you know anything less than the uh, transformation because he's such a learner himself, right? Um, so I will link up all the links and resources that we have uh, discussed on this episode on the show notes page uh, at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 5252. So make sure, guys, you check that out. Now, Gautam, here's the last question for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Thank imagine, you, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine that you are standing on a stage of the largest ever built stadium in the entire world. And this stadium or arena has got capacity to hold millions of people as it is the largest one on the built in the history of the world. And you were given only one minute of time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life. So what would be your message? Oh, <laughs> very interesting. Let me think about that. So. There's this one thing which I, I recently shared uh, on, my, on my social network. It's, it's, a, it's a note to myself, and I hope people find value in it, is that whenever you feel stuck, directionless, or, or not, uh, not confident in yourself, because I've felt that way too many times, don't let it come in the way of uh, what you really want to take actions in your life. Because like, it's, it's there by design. Because if I could go back, 
five years in my life and 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 convince myself that uh, this uh, like I will be where I am today, and I would have convinced my five year uh, five year younger self. And then don't worry about uh, your insecurity. Don't worry about uh, like not knowing what's coming in the future. Everything will be fine. If I could convince myself in that moment, I wouldn't get where I am today. And that's why I like always be grateful for your for your insecurities, for your beating yourself moment, because that's what makes you who you are. That's what made me who I am. Like that's what pushes me to always grow and learn more things and chase bigger adventures. So be grateful for your insecurities and always go all in. Everything's gonna be all right. This has been amazing, Gautam. Thank you so much for being here and uh, spending some time with us today. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me. Guys, you have it there. TheInspiringTalk.com forward slash 5252. I hope you learned something or got some inspiration. If you did, make sure that you share this episode with your friends and family. Help me in spreading this powerful information that Gautam has shared on this episode. Make sure that you follow Gautam on social media. I have linked everything on show notes page of this episode at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 5252. To finish this, guys, never ever stop learning because it is a lifelong process and even if you implement one idea from today's episode for long enough that will transform your life pick that one idea and execute it thank you so much for listening i'll catch you in the next now go out there and do something inspiring